This next pitch has popped up. Rizzo giving chase down the right field line at the wall. Wind blowing it back. Anthony on top of the wall. Makes an unbelievable catch. Anthony Rizzo jumps on top of the brick wall. Reaches into the stands as the wind started blowing the ball back. And makes the catch. Another come out of the old one. Way outside. It's a wild pitch. Hi there and welcome to the very first podcast episode of In the Ivy. I am your host, Ryan Scott. Also, be sure to follow me on Twitter at Ryan Scott Sport. I hope everyone had a fun and safe 4th of July weekend. This will be a weekly audio podcast where I break down the latest Chicago Cubs games, their standings, stats, news, trades, rumors, and so much more. It will also feature interviews and special guests, so please be sure to always tune in. I originally planned and wanted to start this podcast at the beginning of the MLB season. However, scheduling conflicts and moving locations did not really allow that. But here I am, finally with a microphone and ready to discuss the beloved Chicago Cubs as we are now halfway through the season. So welcome in episode number one in the Ivy. The Chicago Cubs were losers of nine straight. They have not won a game since that Thursday night collective no-hitter against the defending World Series champions, L.A. Dodgers, over about 10 days ago. This now marks the second-worst losing streak of this century for our beloved Cubbies. Like I said, we've lost nine in a row now, swept two consecutive series. We look back to uh, before this skid happened, when we were leading the division right there with Milwaukee. We're now eight and a half games back. We've dropped to third place. We're looking up on the Cincinnati Reds. And we're looking up on the Milwaukee Brewers. We're losers of our last 14 of 18 games. And just within this last week, our playoff chances were cut in half. Last week, when I looked on baseballreference.com, we had over a 16% chance of making the postseason. Now we have less than an 8% chance of making the postseason. And to get to the World Series, well, it's less than 1%. It doesn't look good, Cubs fans. Looking back to last week against Milwaukee, just a couple of notable games. Obviously, the one where we started off the first inning 7-0, a whole touchdown lead for Jake Arietta. We put up a lot of runs, a lot of offense early. Somehow, <laughs> the Brewers came all the way back. They doubled us in one more, finishing off 15-7 to up in North Wrigley. And then before that, I mean, you can even talk about the top of the eighth. We had bases loaded game previously against Milwaukee Brewers. It was 4-4, four to four, top of the eighth, up in Milwaukee, bases loaded, like said. They got out of the jam unhurt. It was a tie game, still going into the bottom of the eighth in Milwaukee. They unloaded for 10 runs that inning. It ended up being a 14-4 to four final. It was one of the most lopsided finishes I have ever seen. Looking back to this past weekend, this 4th of July weekend against Cincinnati, up at Great American Ballpark, all of our all of our losses came by just one run. We fall to 500 for the first time since his first season where he gets to 20 wins. He's over halfway there. So the absence of our offense has just been the key for the Chicago Cubs. As we said, the starting pitching has been there. The bullpen, they looked really good earlier on in the season, starting to have a little bit of troubles with the injured list right now and kind of just finding placements. But the main key Chicago Cubs are missing here and their ingredients is just their offense. In June, it was their worst hitting month 
since 1900 as they were hitting 187 as a team. This season, it's not really any better. They rank 28th in the MLB as they're hitting just 223 as a team. They're not getting on base as much anymore either. 303 as a team, that's 23rd in the league, and their strikeout percentage is fourth worst among any team. Like I said, they're leaving multitudes of runners on base every game, not taking a lot of opportunities they have in front of them as one of our key players in Javier Baez is just his on-base percentage this season is over, under 260. We've seen horrible approaches each at bat. He's been really streaky all season. KB in June, he was hitting just 118, one of the worst months he's ever seen. But he's hot again. He's halfway through the hits that he already had for June. Like I said, he just posted nine hits throughout the entire month. He already has five in July, so he's halfway there. He could get hot again. Last month, we saw dominant postseason pitching arms facing probably the best pitching that we'll see all season, which definitely had a huge case of why our offense was a little streaky and why we ran into a lot of trouble producing a lot of those runs. So we're May contenders. We're June pretenders. What does July have in store for us? Like I said, our starters are averaging just about 4.94 innings per start. That's 22nd in the MLB. We've had really good outings recently from Alzale, Davies, Hendricks, who we're worried mostly about is Jake Arrieta, our fifth man. He no longer looks like a starter this season. He's posted a 5-8 and eight record. His ERA is 5.32 in his 15 starts. The month of June, well, it wasn't pretty for Jake Arrieta. He had six starts. In those starts, he was 0-3. He pitched just 21.2 innings. He had 14 walks, 29 hits, and the ERA was almost touching nine. The opponents, their on-base and slugging percentage was over 1,000. Chicago is just 2-7 and seven in games that Jake Arrieta has started since May 19th this season. If you look at the statistics on the Cubs, he is actually statistically the worst pitcher on our current roster as he's struggling to find the strike zone. After his most recent start, too, in Milwaukee, after the Cubs posted a 7-0 start in the top of the first inning and the Cubs got washed 15-7 final, they asked Jake what he really thought about the pitching rotation and if he deserved his spot still and how things were going. And He said he really didn't care to think about it and that he, everybody could ask, ask David about that one. So here we are, absence of offense, starting pitching rotation, falling apart, our bullpen injury prone, having some struggles staying healthy. Let's just take a look at our injury list is Anthony Rizzo. He's been day-to-day recently. He's had that lower back tightness all season. Patrick Wisdom, he's been day-to-day as well as we saw him get injured against the Milwaukee Brewers. Hate to see that go down. Uh, Rookie of the Year candidate, that left eye contusion and neck tightness, but he's looking to be a little bit healthier. Chris Bryant, day-to-day. He's had that right side soreness bothering him throughout the season. Nico Horner was just reactivated. Played his first game yesterday in Cincinnati after suffering that left hamstring strain back in May. That was very gruesome, running that one out to first. Ryan Tapera was recently placed on the 10-day DL. He has that left calf strain. Trevor Williams, he had his appendix taken out a couple months ago. He's been recently placed on the 10-day DL and has been working with the AAA team of Iowa. David Bodie, we saw, have the left shoulder dislocation a couple months ago. 
He's now on the 10-day DL. Justin Steele, 10-day DL. He also has a right hamstring strain. We saw last week Jose Lobatone, the backup catcher, legging one out to first as well. Tripped up. He had the right shoulder sprain. He will now be on the 60-day DL, which does not help as our backup catcher, Austin Romine, before the season was already placed on the 60-day injured list with his left wrist sprain. As Wilson Contreras, toughest catcher in the league, has to man the job behind home plate as he has two injured guys behind him. We also look at Matt Duffy rounding out this injured list for the Chicago Cubs. 60-day DL for him. He has a lower back strain. And Rowan Wick ends out the injured list for the Chicago Cubs as he has a left oblique strain. A very injury-prone and unhealthy Chicago Cubs team just looking to stay healthy as we hit the All-Star break which we speak of the all-star team, the Chicago Cubs could not nail a starter on the NL roster as Contreras, Chris Bryant, Jock Peterson, Anthony Rizzo, and Javier Baez were all top candidates for their position. They reached phase one and phase two of the voting, but could not make it on to the starting all-star list. However, Craig Kimbrell will make his eighth all-star game appearance out of the bullpen Tremendous and very well-deserved for bad news. And KB, he will make his fourth All-Star game. Of course, he will be on the reserves, the bench, just his fourth All-Star game in seven seasons. So congrats to KB and Craig Kimbrell. Probably looking back early on in this season, definitely the two most deserved of any players. So awesome for them. And (laughs) next we'll look at Unfortunately, what the sad truth is coming for our Chicago Cubs, we know that's coming probably sooner or later with the trade deadline approaching after the All-Star break. We look at our Chicago Cubs team who has no players signed to a contract extension, specifically Anthony Rizzo, Chris Bryant, Javier Baez, three of our core players from the 2016 World Series champion team. So Chicago Cubs fans, we've probably reached the moment of the sad truth that's coming sooner or later. The All-Star break approaching and the trade deadline coming up. None of our Cubs players really signed to any kind of contract extension as we look to be sellers and potentially not buyers after our recent struggles in June. Rizzo, Chris Bryant, Javier Baez, three of the biggest names of our trade rumors, worth a lot of money. Would hate to see any of those guys go. Like I said, core group of players from our 2016 World Series championship team. Anthony Rizzo, just the heart of Chicago, the heart of Wrigleyville. Anything and everything you would ever wish and ask for in a player, he is your man. Chris Bryant, he's another MVP candidate season. June wasn't very hot for him, but of course he looked really good last year. He looked really good in these first two months, and he's off to a hot start in July. Everyone knows he's worth a lot, and Javier Baez, I mean, he's he's one of those faces of the MLB. He's that younger generation that everyone looks up to. He's another one of those good guys. He just hasn't had a good approach at the plate. He makes tremendous plays, and he's a lot of fun to watch. He brings a lot of energy to this team, and he, you know he wants to win. We also look at some of these other guys that don't have a contract extension after this season. Zach Davies, who we just got from San Diego, as well as Dan Winkler and Ryan Tapera, who has been tremendous out of the bullpen and has to be worth something after getting him from Toronto. We also look at Eric Sogard, 
Matt Duffy, a couple utility players. There's many other keymaker contracts that in the following year, specifically Wilson Contreras, who has to be eyeing what happened to Anthony Rizzo coming into this year with spring training, looked at negotiating his contract extension and really <laughs> couldn't force anything out. So are we competing and rebuilding at the same time? I'm not really sure what Jed Hoyer has plans for us. I mean, we look at last season with COVID and no tickets being sold these last 10 years since Hoyer and Ricketts took over the renovation projects, the spring training rebuild sites. We lost a lot of money, and nobody would really take who we wanted to get rid of last year. Unfortunately, had to part ways with Darvish as well as Schwarber, Lester, and Caratini. All amazing group of guys. San Diego, I mean, when we gave them the call, they knew that we had already been talking to, you know, 24, 25 other teams, and we just needed someone to give us some innings this year. We needed more arms. So Zach Davies is who we were dealt with, along with four other prospects that were, you know, just above the age of 18, recently graduated high school, just playing in the farm team. So we also were able to get Jock Pedersen for real cheap. I mean, he hit a remarkable 340 last postseason in World Series for the L.A. Dodgers. So... He's been a great attribute in the outfield this year. I think he has a lot of energy, and he definitely knows how to win. So what could happen in July for the Chicago Cubs? One of these big four could be traded. I'd love to see Justin Steele or Keegan Thompson moved into our pitching rotation, kind of to close out this year, this year give them some innings, stretch out them arms. We saw Jake Gary had a struggle not only in June, but also in May, he hasn't looked himself since maybe 2016, 2017. Might need to move Jake to a bullpen arm. He's getting up in age. Retirement could be in his sights as well. But next year, who knows? I mean, Max Scherzer, Marcus Stroman, Carlos Correa, Cubbies, I don't know what we have in store. But, of course, it is summertime, and we're all just wanting to have some fun. This is only episode number one, and I don't want to be so hard on this Cubs team immediately. Anything can happen in baseball, and this team certainly knows how to, and they know that they want to win these big games. I always have been, and I always will be here for the full 162. So go Cubs, go, and thank you guys for listening to In the Ivy. slowly toward Bryant. He will glove it and throw to Rizzo. It's in time. And the Chicago Cubs win the World Series. The Cubs come pouring out of the dugout. Jumping up and down. The longest drought in the history of American sports is over. And the celebration begins.